Amen. Thank you, Lord. So last week we were in the mountains, and we were doing whitewater. Anybody ever did whitewater before? It's fun. But you need somebody who knows what they're doing, okay? Because you can be flipped into the water, and then it can carry you away, and there's rocks in the water, and it can kill you. <laughs> so uh, let me just say this. My son is very, he, he does uh, kayaks on whitewater, so he's really out there on the edge. But we weren't in kayaks. We were in a raft. He has a big old raft, too. A fam- this is a family whitewater. But one of the things that I learned about uh, is uh, we had uh, two of our grandkids with us. Uh, um, our young, well, I had four of our grandkids, but two of them are already, you know, doing this stuff. So it's Aaron's children. Uh, so they really know how to do it. In fact, they can tell you everything you should do and shouldn't do, which is pretty interesting. Uh, there's a point to this. But there's also had two of our little grandchildren uh, with us, and that was Hannah Joy and Luke, which they're young. Luke will be in the first grade, and Hannah's still in preschool. So, and this is, I'm telling you, this is a white water. But this is what I noticed. is every time we would hit one of these rapids, Hannah, who was sitting in the front of the boat, would just bust out laughing. She wasn't scared a bit. And so that was was one of the things I realized is, you know, that's the heart we need. That's the heart we need. We need a heart that when we get into the river of God, instead of acting like a bunch of daggone religious idiots, let's just be like a child and bust out laughing when when God just slings us down. Now, the other thing you're going to need, though, if you're going to get in this in this spiritual river, is you need somebody at the back of the boat who knows what they're doing. Okay, he, my son was at the back of the boat, and he's the one who would tell you what to do. He would tell you which side should paddle, because you had to paddle, especially when you're going through rapids, which way you should paddle, because sometimes you paddle forward, sometimes you paddle backwards, because you had to aim the boat in the rapids, because if you didn't, you could be in big trouble. You see what I'm saying? So we need people that are willing to step into the river of the Lord and begin to understand how God flows. Because there's a world out there that needs to be brought into the river that flows from the throne of God. Okay? And, and we need people who can say, get in here. I will guide you through this. You won't wreck. Because I know I've been in it and I've wrecked enough to know what not to do. Amen? I know what not to do. So that's, that's how we do this. So that's my uh, spiritual learning from getting on a canoe which I said I will never do that because I'm too too dumb with that kind of crazy stuff. You know, when you get a little bit older, getting hurt is not something you want to get done because it takes you a little longer to get over it than normal. But they convinced me. They actually shamed me into doing it, really. <laughs> they kept looking at me, Dad, you're going to do it with some look on their face. You know, like, ha-ha, let's see if Dad's what he used to claim he was. <laughs> so thank you, Lord. The Lord's good, though. Yeah, I'm goofy. Yeah, I'm trying to be like my grandkids. So I'm going to read a scripture to you. Lord, help me and help us. I'm happy to be here. Oh, by the way, I listened to the message. and Well, I listened to the whole church service last week. And if you weren't here, please listen to it, the whole thing from start to finish. It was, it was very meaningful to me, the whole thing. The message Ryan gave was really good, but the ministry time after, it just was so, I listened to it, and I was so ministered to Uh, on a lot of levels, but very blessed by what the Lord was doing for people. Amen? 
So good. The Lord's good no matter what. So John 20, 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Notice what he said, because you have seen. But he was said, but blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. So this is really the, the, the purpose I just love the Gospel of John. Don't you Don't you love the Gospels? How many people love the Gospels? Love to read the Gospels. They're fascinating to me. And so, But the Gospel of John is, is a unique one in particular. But the Gospel of John, this is right here. This is why they wrote the Gospel of John. It was for people who would never physically touch or see Jesus and never see any of his works with their own eyes. That's, that was the whole purpose of the Gospel of John. The, the Gospel of John was to teach people how to see. It's, it's fascinating. If you take and go through every time when you read the Gospel of John, every word the word see appears. You'll be amazed of how many times that word appears in the Gospel of John. It's the theme of the Gospel of John is seeing. seeing not seeing with our natural eyes, but learning to see with our, with our heart. With the, that's what it's all about. Is, is it, it wants to teach people to see with their heart. In uh, Ezekiel um, chapter one, verse one through ten, well, verses one through ten, this is this encounter that Ezekiel had, which was amazing. If you just go read it, like duh, space, it looks like a spaceship or something he was describing, but it's pretty amazing. But one of the things that he saw, uh, he saw the glory of God. He saw he saw these creatures around the throne, and these creatures had four faces. They had the face of a, a lion, they had a face of an oxen, they had the face of a man, and they had a face of an eagle. Very unusual situation, a very unusual thing. But, but, what, but what has become, if, if you really delve into that, it's literally the four faces of Christ. How Christ reveals himself in different ways, and you, you see that in the Gospels. The Gospel of Matthew is all about, it's, it's written to the Jewish people... Uh, convincing them, trying to convince them and show them that Christ was the king. It's, it's about the royalty of Christ. Therefore, you have the line. Okay, that's the gospel of Matthew. So when you read the gospel of Matthew, put that in your mind. I'm reading about a king and about being royal and what being royal looks like in the kingdom of God. It really helps. And then when you read the gospel of, of Mark, the oxen is all about the power of God because he was, he was communicating to the Romans. And the Romans were very interested in what? Power. They were not, they were not interested in teaching. They wanted, to, they wanted to see, is this God got power? You know, an oxen is a very powerful animal. So, so when you read that, think about the power of God, the miracles. You'll notice that Mark don't do a whole lot of teachings. He talks a lot about miracles. So when you begin to read it and think about that, you begin. it gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to you more. Luke the, is the face of a man. Where Luke talk, the, the main phrase in Luke is the son of man. That's the, his, he used that over and over and over to show us, to reveal Christ as a human, the human side of Jesus, fully God, fully man. Luke emphasized that and how Jesus related to, to people. You'll see more about women in the Gospel of Luke. You'll see more about children in the gospel because he was relating as a, as, a, as a man more than he was, you know, as, a, as the king. And then, of course, well, finally we come to the gospel of Luke or gospel of John, and that's the eagle. And eagles are, are very well known for what? Their sight. 
Eagles can see amazing. They can see amazingly far off things. So they can see. And so that's really what the Gospel of John tries to pull us into this thing that we have this ability given by God to be able to see, to be able to see with the eyes of our heart. Our heart has eyes. And and what God wants to do through this gospel message, part of the gospel message is to to convince not only people to come into the kingdom, but what John's trying to, to convince you and I that you have the equipment given by God to begin to learn how to see from your heart. Okay, and we're not talking about a prophetic gift. We're not talking about dreams. We're not talking about visions right now. We're talking about something that's more fundamental and more foundational than those. Are y'all following me this morning? Okay, so, and, and I love the prophetic. I love the visions and all that. I'm all into that. Okay, but this is more important. This is more foundational. And this is what will enrich your life in the realm of gifts but also enrich your life in the, in the realm of relationship with the Lord and, and, and everything else in your life. Are y'all following me this morning? Woo, okay. Another word that's used in the Gospel of John a lot is light. You know, the light of God. So he's big into this enlightenment thing, more than, more than what we've ever realized. Um, I used to call this, when I first began to really get this, I didn't know this for a long time in my Christian life. I didn't know anything. Everything I just said to you, I didn't know anything about it. Nobody ever told me that. But when I began to get into this thing, well, how I got into it, the Lord spoke to me. That you're, you're, you're discouraged. You're, you're beat down because you don't see what I'm seeing. You don't see yourself the way I see you. You don't see others. You don't see your circumstances. And that's how, you, that's how you're not going to be discouraged and beat down. It's when you learn to see how I see. I was like, well, thanks a lot, God. You know, I, you're asking me to, to see something I can't see. I, right? He's asking me to see the invisible. I can't see the invisible, but I really can see the invisible. He's given us this ability to, to literally see the invisible. Are y'all good? Because you're sitting there looking at me badly. And so, really what I learned, I'm just going to throw this in there. What I learned about all of this is seeing and hearing spiritually or any of this is all about being real. It's all about being the real you, okay? The real you, because here this scripture, Proverbs uh, 27, 19 says, As face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. The heart reflects the real person, your real person. And that's the person who can see and hear, feel and taste and smell just like your outward person can. And so when we begin to get in touch with the new creation man inside of us and begin to live out of that new creation man inside of us, then we can begin to connect spiritually with God in a real in a vital way. Amen. This is, to me, this is like, this is the best ever. When we begin, can begin to learn all this. Let me, I wish y'all was excited about this. So it's not a, let me just say this. It's not a mystical experience. I'm talking, I want to just take the mysticism. I'm not discarding mysticism. I love mysticism, but I want to set it aside right now. Because some of you have a really hard time and you, and you, and you struggle with that. Let's put that over here. And let's just talk about being a normal Christian as the Bible defines, defines a normal Christian. Let's talk about what the gospel of John teaches us is that we can be seers. We can see. We're not necessarily going to be seer prophets, but we can be people who see. Okay, that's what we're talking about, okay? And that's what's so key for us is we would learn that. We would cultivate that. 
Okay, and because if you're talking about being authentic and genuine, you're not authentic and genuine if you're not connecting like that. Because the authentic and genuine you can connect like that and wants to connect like that. Listen to what Jesus said in John 9, verse 39. I'm gotten tired already. And Jesus said, this is what he said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not what see may see. Are you getting this? This is why this is one of the Jesus said this is one of my purposes here is to convince people who who think they see you don't really see. And people who don't believe they see, I want to convince you that you see. And that those who may see may be made blind. And so the ninth chapter, if you read the ninth chapter of John, it's pretty amazing. It's about a man who was born blind. Okay? And the man was healed by Jesus. And there's this big conversation about it. There's a big argument about it. But what that the whole thing, you know, people get all into this and about the argument and the conversation. But really, here's what he was trying to teach us. He was trying. This is what Jesus was trying to show us. You can be seeing with your natural eyes, but be blind in your heart. That that's the whole message of John chapter nine. You can be blind in your heart. Okay, and so he, what he was trying to do was encourage the people there. Not about the miracle of healing, because by the way, it was a, it was probably the it was the first time in recorded history that any person who was ever healed of blindness was John chapter nine, first time ever recorded in the entire Bible. So it's pretty pretty profound thing. That's why the guy said nobody's ever been born. This guy has to be God because nobody's ever nobody's ever heard of somebody getting healed by blindness except for the, at this moment. Are y'all following this? All right, let me read John 8, 23 in the Message Bible. I'm trying, this is all just trying to get you, get you into this world. This comes from the Message Bible. You are tied down to the mundane. And he's talking about when we just see from the natural. You're tied down to the mundane. Okay? I'm in touch with, with what is beyond your horizons. You live in terms, listen, you live in terms of what you see and touch. How much of Christianity is about living in those terms? What happens to us? What our ears are telling us? What our eyes are telling us? That's what he's saying. That's what he's trying to get to right there. That's the world you live in. He was saying, I don't live in that world. I live in another world. I may be standing in this world with you, but my life is not determined by what's going on here. Isn't that beautiful? I'm living on other terms. I told you that you were missing God and all this. You're the dead end. You're the dead end. And so when we, when we live our lives in terms of what just our natural senses tell us, we're in a dead end. We're in disappointment. We're in hopelessness. We're in discouragement. Are y'all following this? And so, so we're stuck in this world that everything we do, it takes us to a dead end. All our feelings take us to a dead end. All our understanding takes us to a dead end. A dead end. And there you are, you've gone down this road for years thinking that was something was going to happen for you, and you realize it's a dead end. Why is it a dead end? Because you lived out of based on information that you're getting here versus information you're getting from down in your, your spirit. And so what God wants to do, He wants to get people out of the dead end. There's people in this room this morning, you're the dead end in your life. And you feel it, you know it. Okay, but, but the beautiful thing about the Lord is He wants to drive down that dead end, get you in His car, and drive you out and get you on a different road. So, you know, He wants to teach... Here, let me just say this. God wants to teach us to see Him as He reveals Himself to us. That's really important. 
like that one little statement. Anyway, so I want to give you a few keys, keys to cultivating a seeing heart. Because here's one of the things about this. Unless you're very gifted, like a prophetically gifted, you're not going, this is not going to automatically happen to you. Okay? And so you, and you can be very prophetically gifted, and that can be happening to you from a prophetic standpoint, but, you're not, but the rest of your life is not happening for you. I know a lot of real prophetic people who have ruined lives, messed up lives. They can see, they can connect in the Spirit, but they don't, they're not walking out. They're not able to live in the Spirit for themselves, separate from their gifting. And see, that ain't, we don't want that. We want both. We want to be highly gifted and highly walking in the Spirit and connecting in the Spirit realm. That's what we really want, that's, and that's the goal. So there's this beautiful story in, uh, in the Gospel of John in John 20 that has all these amazing keys in it that will really help you if you apply it. Now, this could absolutely be an Easter message. So I don't know when Easter is. It's a long time from now, and I probably should have gave this message at Easter, uh, but I didn't. So I'm going to give you my Easter message today. How about that? So I've done it ahead of time, but we already talked about some good stuff today, right? So we're right in tune here. Let me read this. Uh, John 20, 11 through 18. But Mary stood outside of the t- by the tomb weeping, and, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked. Everybody say looked. See, I'm, I'm just going to give you some secrets here when you're reading. And, and she, what, saw. So she looked and saw two angels in white, setting one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, these are the angels, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she said this, she turned around and what? Saw Jesus. And, and see, see what I'm saying? When you start putting that word in your mind, and you start reading, you start seeing this. And it's like you can go through these scriptures and see this little pattern develop. Okay? That, that's, that's what I want you to get this morning. Here's what I would love to do. So I would love, I was telling Becky, yes, I'm thinking about this in my brain. I would love to do a class sometimes on how to read the Bible to hear God. Wouldn't that be awesome where you learn how to read the Bible, not, well, I need to do my daily devotion kind of thing, and you go through it, and then you, you read it, like, what did I just read? You know, you know what I'm talking about. I know somebody knows that. I know that. But there's a way to read the Word day in and day out where you're reading it to hear. You're reading it to hear Him speak to you. There's a way to do that, and God will teach you how to do that if you're interested in being taught. Okay, and there's another th- class I was thinking about. And a lot of people in this room know how to do this, I think, that people who do ministry, who teach, is how to read the Word to hear God speak revelation to you to minister. There's a way to do that. God has these ways that He's developed for us to be able to tap into His Word that, that's very helpful. And I'm just telling you one this, if you know that when you read the Gospels, we're, we're talking about seeing, then you can begin to see these patterns develop and see what the Holy Spirit wants to draw your attention to. The Holy Spirit's pretty amazing, really. Isn't the Holy Spirit amazing? Anyway, I wanted to tell you this, too. This is off the subject. Since I'm already way off the subject, I'll tell you. Um, um, we were, Bob and I were talking about Catherine Coleman the other day. Many people know who Catherine Coleman is. If you don't, Go read about her. Go get YouTube. You can get YouTubes for preaching. Weird. A very weird person. Very theatric in her preaching. But that woman had amazing miracles in her. I mean, just 
And she said she never pursued a healing ministry. In fact, if you said she was a faith, if you called her a faith healer, she would blow up at you. Uh, she said, "I've never healed anybody. It's the Holy Spirit." But her big thing was this. This is what really blessed me. Her big thing was prayer. Okay, and this is what she said: prayer is a relationship with God. That was her big thing, and she had this amazing relationship with the Lord. She really loved the Lord. That was that was. That was her whole thing. It wasn't her miracle. We all think about her miracles or how weird she was, you know. But really, it was, it was her prayer. It was actually her relationship with the Lord. And out of that relationship, God used her. Uh, she didn't even lay hands on lots of people. They just show up and people started getting healed. The first time a person got healed, she didn't even know it in her meeting. She had no clue they got healed. And then they came the next day and wanted to give a testimony of healing. And she's like, Really? <laughs> It's just amazing, though. I mean, it just shows the sovereignty of God when we really give ourselves to God and allow God to have His way in our life. And that's really what God's looking for. Back to this. I'm glad y'all are excited about Catherine Coleman. You know, somebody be excited about it. In fact, I'll tell you what I did. I went out and bought the book, Daughter of Destiny, by Jamie Buckingham, which is an autobiography of her life because I've never read it. I've read a bunch of other books on her, but not that one. And I want to read it. I love people who love the Holy Spirit. Okay, we need to be lovers of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to be. If we'll love the Holy Spirit, we'll, we'll step into this spiritual world that's amazing. You know, because the Holy Spirit is God. He's God. We need to honor Him as God and quit treating Him like some impersonal force. Okay, He's God. He's as much God as Jesus and God the Father. I can take you right through the Bible and show you that. And so when the church begins to honor the Holy Spirit as God the church is going to come into something a lot greater. And so I just really encourage you, let's be people who honor the Holy Spirit and look at Him as God. Okay? And when He says do something, we do it because He's God. Okay? Aren't y'all hex? I'm glad y'all are excited about the Holy Spirit too. <laughs> anyways, I'm just messing with you. Okay, anyways, Lord help me. I'm just so far off the topic, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Then they said to her, okay, we already read that. She turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. She did not. She saw Jesus. She had an intimate relationship with Jesus. She walked with Jesus. She was one of his followers for his three years, and she did not recognize him. Didn't recognize him. That's really important. Did not recognize him. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing, everybody says supposing, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. That's powerful. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, this is beautiful, this statement right here. This is one of the most beautiful statements. My first Easter as a believer, I heard this read, and it just stunned me. I am ascending, listen to this, to my father, listen, and your father. Your father. That's what Jesus said. The cross made God the father your father. It made the way for us to be connected back and have that family. Isn't that beautiful? And my God and your God. It's personal. He's ours. He's our daddy. He's our God. 
Jesus paid a big price for us to have that relationship with him. When we were talking about that spirit of adoption a while ago, boy, we need to tap into that. We need to say, somebody say, yeah, I want a bunch, big pile of it. When you're talking about that bread, I want a big pile of that bread. Because Jesus paid a great price for us to have that father-child relationship. Aren't you excited about that too? Yes and amen. All right, I tr- keep losing my place. I'm going to get through this and tell you something in a minute. Okay. Um, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. All right, that's the story. Now I'm going to tell you a few pointers here that will help you. These will help you if you're interested. If you're interested in this part of the gospel message of being able to see with your heart. If, you're, if you can today believe that's part of the gospel message as much as the salvation is a part of the gospel message. God didn't save us to walk around like blind men. And death people. He saved us for people to have our eyes enlightened and see something and know something. That's why He saved us. He wanted us to have this encounter. He wanted us to have this experience. He wanted us to have this relationship. He wanted us to be able to look at people and see what He sees and understand what He sees. He wanted us to hear His words and be able to learn what His words are teaching and be able to live those words out in our life. That's what we're talking about. So the first one is this. I want you to notice the setting. Here, the setting is really important. And it, it, it was a tomb. It was a, weep, it was a place of weeping. It was a place of brokenness. Okay? Now, this is a, the sad story about all of this. The sad story about this is it's, it's sort of like the grace of God. It usually comes in a broken place. We usually want to tap into these things when we're broken. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We're happy as long as life is going good. We don't really need to see. That's not a, not a need in our life. But when you're down at the bottom like she was, and when you're broken like she was, when you have loss in your life like she was, suddenly everything around you doesn't matter anymore. Have you ever noticed when things really get bad, people don't go talk to the people who have great psychology. They go try to find somebody who's had an encounter with God. They go look for something that's real. Are y'all following this? So really for us to really get into this place, it was like the Lord was telling me, I was at a bad place. I was discouraged. I felt hopeless about my Christian life. I felt hopeless about my ministry. I felt like my life was not going anywhere. I literally felt like I was at a dead end. You know, and God let me get to that dead end to begin to speak to me, to tell me there's something that you like in your life. There's something that you like. And I was listening then because I had a great need in my life. I know that's not the proper teaching, okay? But it's the truth. It's the truth. It's, it's where there's something in you. It's like my old friend used to talk about. He was a cat, he was a cattle guy. He said, when you know, and he talked about cattle prods. You know, they got these things, these sticks. They'll hit them with, or they'll, they'll poke them with them, and it's electric, trying to get them to move. He says, when the pain of staying where you are becomes greater than the pain of that prod, you're going to move. Right, that's, that's what a cattle prod does. I, I ain't staying here if you're a cow. Well, that's the way life can sometimes be for us. Life can bring us down low. Paul said about the grace of God, when I'm weak, he's strong. Paul learned grace at his lowest point in life. He learned his grace when he felt defeated and broken and when everything was coming against him. That's when the revelation of it begins to flow. You can have head knowledge of this, but when the revelation begins to flow, things begin to shift. So what you've got to do is you've got to humble yourself, okay? Notice it says she stooped down. It's talking about humility. That's like stepping down from where you're at. Getting into a humble place. 
because you need to get down. You need to, you know, we, we used to use the term get low. Remember that, Marlon? We'd always, when the Lord was moving, people were frustrated. People were, were mad about what God was doing. We, we'd say, just get down, get low, get down, and God will speak to you down there low in the low place in your heart, and you'll see that it's God. But if you're up here exalted, you can't see God. And so, so that's what Mary was doing. She was at a low place. She was broken because she lost this person that she loved. And so it opened her life up to hear something different. And, uh, and sure enough, she did. You know, because, you know, humility is about a soft heart, right? A soft heart can hear. A soft heart can see. A soft heart can receive. A hard heart, a complacent heart, can't. A heart that you're in a good position in life. Everything's going your way. You, I don't really need that. I'm happy where I'm at spiritually. Everything's cool. I'm good. That's not a good place to be. A good place. She was at a very good place. A brokenness in her life. Amen. So number two, you got to be able to embrace the supernatural, right? All right. Listen, she was talking. I, this is what I find crazy. She's having a conversation with angels, and that's not even the high point in the story, right? Listen, she's, ha- she's talking to angels. Angels are talking to her. That's not the deal here. That's not was what, whoa, we need to learn this. That was not part of the deal. It was a normal part of the deal. In those days, in the Jewish culture, angels were not a big deal. To so what if an angel, that's what a guy said one day when, when they arrested Paul. So what if an angel was talking to him? Like, big deal, angels talk to everybody. Because it was the normal part of their life. And so... She had embraced this supernatural lifestyle where talking to angels wasn't considered to be, you're an idiot, you you got mental problems, like Western culture has made that kind of thing. Are y'all following this? You know? And so really, you know, we if you're going to really have this scene with your eyes, you, you have to embrace the supernatural. you you got to make it a part of your life. you, you got to decide the supernatural is, is really the way I'm supposed to be living. This can't, these things can't be just a bunch of weird stuff. And, and let me tell you, when you do embrace that, you're going to get some rejection from people. Not everybody's going to agree with it. Not everybody's going to like you for doing that. You may lose some friendships over it. In fact, you probably will. You know? It's not that we... I'll say this, just in case nobody's ever heard me say it, but it's not that we not use our intellect and reason, right? Our intellect and reasons are there to serve us. They're not there to rule us. And so to embrace the supernatural, you have to decide that your intellect is going to take a lower place in your life, that it has to become the servant in your life, not the master in your life. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of people sitting in here in this room all over America in churches this morning are ruled by their intellect. If it doesn't make sense to your mind, then you reject it. And that is not Christianity on any level. That's not New Testament Christianity. Y'all okay? (laughs) But when you do allow your intellect to start serving you, then your intellect will get enlightened. And God will begin to help your intellect and get, get on board with what God's doing. There was this great prophet that I personally knew who could not, he was failing out of high school. He, he couldn't even get through high school. He was so not smart, okay? He had this amazing, amazing encounter with the Lord, and he joined the Marine shortly thereafter and tested as a genius. 
because something happened to his intellect when he stepped into the presence of God and his whole life changed. And see, God can do something with our intellect and he wants to do things. He wants to heal our intellect. He doesn't want us to be, you know, like that where you can't even pass a, a test, a math test. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? I, I think that's just amazing. We need to ask the Lord to do that for some of us this morning. Okay. I hope you all having a good morning. Number three, don't suppose or assume or infer or theorize or guess. It says, she what? Supposing him to be what? The gardener. So, it's really important when the Lord shows up that we don't miss him. Okay, and one of the best ways to miss the Lord is your experience of what you've already experienced with the Lord. Okay? Are you all right? (laughs) Y'all are looking at me badly. Okay? It's, it's the, uh, it's just easy to miss the Lord, okay? Because God doesn't always show up the way we expect Him to. But here's the key. Here's the key. To know God as God chooses to reveal Himself to you. So let me tell you, my, I got one little quick story here I want to tell you about that that really changed my life. And this is, I was, this was... I've had some bad spots in my life. This is another really bad place in my life, okay? This was way years ago. It was the, one of the worst places I've ever been. And I was, I was really crushed because we had lost a baby. And, and just, we were just heartbroken. And I was mad at the Lord, not just about the baby dying. I was mad at the Lord about everything because God was not doing what I thought God was supposed to do. God was not acting the way I, I thought God was. Because we had been taught that God, this is how God is. And it was amazing. It was all right. But here's what the problem was. God doesn't always act the same every day. And he showed up in my life in a different way. And it was just confounding to me. And, and he, everything I w- had learned in my one and a half years of being a Christian, like I was brilliant, was not working. Like I thought I knew everything about God at that point. But none of that worked. None of it. And I had crashed and burned so bad that I was ready to have a fist fight with God if I could get my hands on him. I literally told him that. Just come down here and we were going to go. I was young, man. I could, at that point, thinking I might be able to take God, you know. (laughs) I would have been bad if he would have showed up, right? Anyways, I had this amazing, amazing, amazing encounter with the Lord where he spoke to me. And this, this is what he said to me. He said, Byron, my face is like a diamond. That's what he said to me. My face is like a diamond. It has many sides to it. And you would be wise if you would spend the rest of your life getting to know me as I reveal myself to you. That's what he said to me. And I realized at that moment that the God I thought I knew was way more, way more. There was way more to this God than I knew. Way more. And what I needed to do is just myself to what he was doing and start learning him as if he's moving in revival, that's the way I want to know him. He's the God of revival. If he's moving in miracles, he's the God of miracles. If he's moving in the valley of the shadow of death, you hear what I'm saying to you? 
And so I made a decision that day. I'm going to spend the rest of my life getting to know the Lord as He reveals Himself to me. And it's been really like a, a, a theme in my life. But I'm going to tell you, it hasn't been easy, though. It's been, it's, it's been challenging. And it's still it's very challenging because God shows up in a different form, in a different way. And many times it takes a bit to recognize this is really God and I need to adjust to Him. So don't suppose anything. That's the, the glory of that story. It was glorious, though. It really did change my life because at that point I was like on teeter-tottering with God if I was going to... I wasn't teeter-tottering with my salvation that I was going to always believe God and trust God for my... But as far as really being that disciple and really go after God, I was questioning, did I really want to do that? You know what I'm saying? I was questioning, is God worth this for me to do mess up my life over Him? You know? And then He's acting crazy one day and the next day He's acting all sane and I can't keep up with Him and I'm not sure I want to do this. That's, but that changed me. The next thing that happened was in this story is, is about his voice. is because it says that she didn't recognize him until he spoke. And when he, she, he, he spoke her name, Mary, instantly she saw him and recognized him. See, that's, that's a really a, a key for us, is really learning how to discern that voice. Because when that voice comes, our eyes are opened. The, the guys on the road to Emmaus, Jesus was walking with these two men and talking to them. And then he got, they got to their destination. This is in Luke 24. And he took the bread and broke it. And he, their, it says their eyes were opened and they saw him. And he disappeared in their, from their sight. And their thoughts was, didn't our hearts burn within us as, he, as we walked and he talked to us? As we walk and he talked, when God begins to talk to you, and you begin to, we begin to discern his voice, see, that's what really opens our eyes to start seeing God and seeing who he is. And my thing is this, is, is God will talk in, to you in different ways at different times, but God is talking. A lot more than I've realized in my life now that God's been speaking to me in different ways and, and giving me a hearing ear to hear him in places I've never heard him before. You know, and, and he's, he's answering prayers by speaking and, and me hearing him speak. And, and it can come through many different ways. It doesn't, it's not like just a voice in my heart. I can hear a person talking about something and realize, oh, my gosh, I was just praying about that 30 minutes ago, and they're, they're talking about what I was praying about. God, that's God speaking to me through this person. I had that happen to me in a restaurant the other day. I was sitting in a restaurant, and I heard these people talking about something, and it suddenly got my attention, like, oh, my Lord, I, I've been praying about that all morning. And it's like that wisdom was coming out of their mouth into my heart about what I was praying about. It was just a matter of being discerning and allowing God a chance to speak and, and paying attention and giving place for that in your life. That's really all we have to do is give place for it, and God will start talking. And I really want to encourage it because when she heard his voice, she immediately... Immediately knew it was the Lord. And suddenly she saw him for who he really was. No longer he was a gardener. He was the Lord. One minute he was a gardener. Next thing he's the king of kings standing right in front of her. And see, lots of times we have these gardeners that come into our life. And it's the Lord veiled in a disguise. 
Bob Jones had this amazing vision one time. He was in church in this high praise. I, I was thinking about it this morning when we were worshiping the Lord. Like, this is the kind of praise that was happening. And the Lord walked into the church. But he walked in as an old man with stringy hair, an old skinny man. And he began to walk to people and say, do you know me? And, and some people would not even look at him. They would ignore him. They were too busy praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord. And he kept going from person to person. Do you know me? Do you know me? Do you know me? Do you know me? And nobody. And finally, Bob heard him. Bob was in the video. He heard him speak. And he knew it immediately because he had this relationship with the Lord. That's the Lord. Even though he's unrecognizable to my eyes, that's the Lord. And you see, that's what seeing him with your heart will do. It's when he comes and you hear this voice. Like everybody in here, if you've got a spouse, you know their voice. You could hear their voice in a crowded room like, oh, that's them. You could hear your child whimper outside with 20 other children, and you'd be out there in a heartbeat because you know that voice. That's the way God wants, that's the intimacy. That's the relationship that God wants us to have with him. So when we hear that, immediately our eyes are open. Suddenly we're seeing the Lord. We're seeing what he's seeing, seeing the situations that he's seeing. It's within reach. It's within reach for us. Is that a good amen word there? Okay, one of the things I want to just point out to you, though, if you go on and read in the other uh, Gospels about this story, everything didn't go smooth for Mary, <laughs> okay? Everything didn't go. In other words, everything's not going to go smooth for you when you begin to see. A lot of people rejected what she said when she went and told them what happened. Like, no, they didn't believe it. And we're talking about significant people. That's pretty, pretty interesting, isn't it? So I also want you to notice when she went to the disciples, what she said to them. This is significant. What did she say? She didn't say the Lord is risen. You'd think she would have said that. The Lord's risen. No, what did she say? I've seen the Lord. And he spoke to me. That was her testimony. That was the first gospel message ever preached. Think about it. The first gospel message. If you're a woman, you need to stand up and shout right now. The first gospel message ever preached after Christ was raised from dead was a woman. And here was her simple message. I've seen the Lord and he spoke to me and this is what he said. That's the, that was the gospel message. She saw the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? I think it's pretty beautiful. All right, the last thing is I'm doing great this morning time-wise. I don't know. I don't know if I'm doing great with this message with y'all, but is the clean? Don't clean. Don't clean. Don't clean. That's what Jesus said. Don't hang on to me. And this is what he was saying. At first, you read that like, "Wow, that was mean, Jesus." She was just weeping for you. She loved you, Jesus. Can't you? What are you being mean to her for? You know, your long lost friend comes up and grabs you. Oh, I hadn't seen you. I let it get off of me. He didn't quite say it like that, but you get the picture. I'm trying to get you the picture. That was another one he's saying. He's like, why in the world don't cling to what you knew of me? Are you hearing me? Don't cling to what you knew of me. When God begins to reveal himself differently, don't hang on to how he revealed himself to you last time. You know, that's one of the problems with revivals. Is there's a revival. It was beautiful. It ends. A few years later, there's a new revival. The people who were in the first revival like, that ain't God. Because this is how a revival looks. It looks this way. They say that's a problem. And I think it really is. 
And I think for a lot of us, it's what happens with us is, you know, we have these amazing things with God, and then it's come, all that kind of dies off, right? Yeah, it kind of just ebbs down. Yeah? Are you all with me? It kind of just ebbs down. All that beautiful time is gone. And then God starts doing something new, and it's like, well, I can't be God because why? You were clinging to how he did it last year, how it was last time. And so what we have to do is allow the God, like I said, you would be wise to get to know me as I reveal myself to you, not how I revealed myself to you, but how I'm revealing myself to you. So a lot of people get on dead ends in their lives. What Jesus is saying, you're in a dead end. You know, you're, you know, whatever happened in your life broke you, but you got stuck there. You got stuck there. And so God wants to get people unstuck. So let's have a prayer right now. Okay, I'm ending my message. Sure. When I first got saved, I got very, 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 very into the Word. And... Um, very evangelistic and then very letter of the law. Probably the, the Jewish part of me became very um, critical and so forth. And I had a vision one day, and this was the vision. A man had walked up to me wearing a suit and tie, and he said, Dean, I'm the Lord. I've come to talk to you. And I immediately snapped at him. I said, you're not the Lord, because he wasn't wearing a robe and sandals. And he said, well, no, I am the Lord, and I've come to you. And I said, no, 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 the word says right here, many will come in my name claiming to be him. And he goes, well, well, no. I said, no, it says right here that, that when he comes again, everyone will see him. And he goes, Dean, I'm not coming in my second coming. I'm coming here to talk to you. And I said, no, you're not the Lord. And he walked away, and I walked away, and I turned back to look at him, and he had turned back to look at me wearing a robe and sandals and had this disappointed look on his face, and it just shook me. So I went to a friend of mine, and I said, what in the world does that mean? And he said, Dean, it means that the Lord is sending people to you for you to minister to, but they're not dressed the way you think they should be dressed. They don't look like you think they should be looked. So instead of taking the word of God and ministering to them with it, you take the word of God and you beat them up with it, and they leave never having received what it was that the Lord sent them to you for. That's a great, that's a great application. So first of all, let's embarrass ourselves. Anybody feel like being embarrassed? This is truth or consequences? All right, here's the truth. How many people in this room, if you feel like you're at a dead end in any particular part of your life, stand up. If you feel like you're at a dead end, it, it, it could just be a, a tiny part of your life. It could be a relational dead end. It could just, it could be a financial dead end. It could just be a brokenness dead end. You just feel like, God, I'm just, things are just not working. And you just feel broken, okay? And, and you don't have the answers that you need. And so the answer, the answer is what Jesus said. You need to be able to see something different. So you can begin to see what he's seeing. Because once you start see, seeing what he sees, you can be, and, and you need spiritual understanding, but he'll supply the spiritual. Then you can begin to address this situation. Okay? Because suddenly you're not addressing it from the natural. You're addressing it from what he's revealing to you spiritually. 
And that's where your answers come. Here's a, a good example. The Lord showed me in my family, there's some like a bloodline thing that I was very concerned about. And so I was praying, Lord, I need, I need to know about this because this seems to come in my family. I see it erupt from time to time. And I had a dream. And in the dream, this situation was happening in my family. And all of a sudden, this portal opened up in the dream. And there was this black woman standing there cursing my family. And I realized, the Lord said, somewhere in your family, there was an injustice done to a black person. And the person who did it never made it right and never repented. You need to stand in the gap for your family and take responsibility for what your people have done to this black person and ask for you know, the Lord to forgive and to break that thing because it was a, it was, evidently it was a terrible injustice that happened. And so I did. I started praying and, you know... The Lord started doing stuff. There was a situation in my family. I immediately saw start turning. Because when you let the blood of Jesus touch every part of you, every part, every part of your family, you know, that we're like these people who stand in the gap when bad things happen. And we are the people who stand before the Lord and say, yeah, my family failed, but I'm not going to fail on this. I'm sorry, Lord. Will you forgive and get that thing off on us, that curse that came on us? So sometimes we don't understand what's happening to us, but God does. He knows everything. God wants to set people free and get you off in your dead end today. We're in a new time. and So I want to pray for you. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, Lord, here I am like Mary. Just say it. Here I am like Mary, Lord. I'm just... I'm just broke, Lord. This is a broken place in my life that I can't fix. Just say, I can't fix it, Lord. I just can't fix it. I don't have the answers, Lord. But I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. Lord, I want to get free this morning. We had a word, there's deliverance. There's deliverance. The Lord wanted to bring deliverance to people. I believe He wants to deliver people from being at a dead end. I believe he wants to deliver people out of a place of brokenness where they just can't get back to where they need to be and get into what God has for them. So, Father, I'm asking you to release that this morning on these people in this room who are lifting their hearts to you and lifting their hands to you and they have a need in their life, Lord. We've already talked about the need. There's a need, Lord. So, Lord, we ask you to break that thing over people today, Lord. We ask you to break every curse and every lie that is working on people this morning. Lord, we're asking you, Lord, to reveal yourself in these situations and begin to let our hearts hear and see again. Let our hearts hear and see again. If your heart's hard, ask the Lord. Tell the Lord, my heart's hard, Lord. Just say it. It's hard, Lord. I'm sorry it's hard. I don't want it to be hard, but it's hard. Just tell them that. Only you, Lord, can soften my heart. Yeah, so I'm asking you for the oil of heaven to pour over my little heart today and soften it so I can begin to connect with you in a real way and see what you're seeing and understand what I'm seeing and hear what you're hearing and learn and obey and walk with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So... Shane's going to play some music. 
um, I'm going to ask the ministry team to come on forward and just say there's space now for you to take care of whatever you need to take care of, church. So if you have some more contending that you feel like you need to do, we got this awesome ministry team up here that would love to partner with you and go in after the things that God has for you this morning. We're going to have some worship going. So if you just need some one-on-one time with the Lord and you just need to worship, awesome. Do that. The back doors are going to open. And if you need to go on, awesome. Do that. There's space right now for whatever it is that you need. But Lord, I just ask that you would bless, bless these people, Lord. I'm so thankful that you love them. I'm so thankful that you're going forward with them when they leave this place today. So be blessed, church. I'd like to say, say, excuse me, say something. All through my life, I've run into roads that's closed, dead ends. God always puts them in front of you to change your direction. And he will give you the direction you need. Seek him. I was coming up Old Concord Road the other day, and the church at Beatty's Ford Road had a marquee out, and it says, and their road is closed right in front of the church. And it says, the road is closed, but the road to heaven is always open. So when you come to a dead end, the road to heaven is always open. And you will find your answers there. So there's invitation, y'all. If you feel like you're at a dead end, you know, I strongly encourage you not to leave until you pursue that. So come on up if you need prayer. Stand up if you want to sing. Head on out if you need lunch. There's freedom for it all. Whatever it is that you need, be blessed.